Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny. I'm Jenny, and of course with me is Jess, and we're talking about Season 3, Episodes 3 and 4 of Ted Lasso. We're on not even that big of a delay. I was going to say a little bit of a delay in talking about this, but um, Mm. Episode 4 just came out on Wednesday, right? We're like almost a week behind. That's okay. (laughs) It's not the kind of show where you have to be like super timely, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anything happened where we gasped and needed to talk about it right away, but... I'm glad we're finally talking about it. I guess before we do, I haven't talked to you in a while, and I don't care if the listeners don't care about what's going on in our lives, but I want to know what you've been up to the last week. It has been uncharacteristically long. We took – this is for the audience benefit. We took a couple days off for the holidays. So, yeah, my Passover was lovely. Went down and saw some fam. Uh, Did not do anything for Easter, but Sam was here. My sister was here. And that was nice. And we saw A Doll's House on Broadway, which is a play written by Henrik Ibsen that we read in high school, if you recall. Yes. One of the years. We were trying to figure out. <laughs> I, it's really annoying me that I can't remember when we read it. And I actually had no memory of what it was about. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is brand new information. I do not remember it's this. Like a, it's a married couple who aren't happy. Is yes, that-, that is right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And okay, so in the play, just just as a reminder, I already texted you this, but for people who don't know, Jessica Chastain is in it. And that's why I wanted to see it because I love her. She's the lead. And Adrian cannot remember his last name. He, he plays Stewie in Succession. He was the husband lead. So Jessica Chastain and he were the two leads. They were both really good and it was really cool to see them. But I hated this play. So sorry the to people plot who like itself. it. No, like the staging of it, actually. Oh. The plot is, uh, yeah, it's like fairly boring, I guess. But the way that they staged it was like everyone wore black. Everyone was on the stage the whole time. There was no sets, no costumes, no props, just chairs and people. And people were either turned toward the audience or away from them if they were like in the scene or not. And I guess it was supposed to be like conceptual and I guess I won't ruin it if, if that's the thing in case people want to see it there's something to the chair concept that's supposed to be like interwoven with the themes that mm-hmm. just yeah they, they, it was pretty obvious like what they were going for and when I thought when I got it I was like okay but it would have been way cooler <laughs> if there'd been like sets and costumes I would have a hard time not just thinking the entire time how much it seems like an experimental like high school black box theater move. I literally felt like I was in somebody's theater class. Like Yeah, li- that's it true. Has those those vibes. And even in the <laughs> acting, like Jessica Chastain was so good, but I was like, I feel like I'm in Jessica Chastain's acting class. And she's oh. killing it. A plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it, yeah. Interesting. Anyway, not my favorite. How about you? Bummer. How are your holidays? They're good. Yeah, we went to Pittsburgh for Passover with Carter's family. Um, Fun, a little stressful sometimes. Just a lot of people, a lot of cooking going on, sometimes some yelling in like a loving way, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Jewish fans. Um, Exactly. A lot of games, so many games. Carter has a lot of younger cousins, um, so that was fun. And then, yeah, Sunday we got back and went to my family for Easter. Just did sort of like a 3 p.m. It was a, it was like a brunch, but that bled into dinner. So it was just sort of like an all afternoon eat fest. And there are a ton of little kids. My cousins now have kids. And so they did like a little Easter egg hunt. It was one of their birthdays. 
so we had cake. Um, I didn't have cake because I'm supporting Carter and his kosher for Passover thing. Oh, that's so nice of you. They did have – they had a gluten-free um, Sachertort, which is like a German cake that is actually – sort of kosher for Passover. So I did have some of that. I just didn't have the like Elsa and Anna cake, the frozen cake for the birthday. Oh, I love birthday cake. I don't even yeah. keep Passover. <laughs> That's not, not surprising, but I never have. I'm trying to figure out what I – because like um, traditions are super important to Carter and I also really like traditions. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, I want to – I don't want him to just be eating matzo by himself in a corner all week. No, you that's know? Like I'm just trying to figure out what – what I uh, think of as what's my kosher for Passover, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, there's a lot of chocolate in the house and that seems kosher for Passover. I love chocolate dipped macaroons. Highly recommend. Yes. I've been housing those. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary. But yeah, I think overall good week. Nice time off, but I missed talking to you. Yeah. And did you watch any TV? You're too busy. Oh, did I watch? I mean, I watched the Ted Lasso episodes we're going to talk about. Don't worry. I did not. (laughs) Spark notes them. That would be really funny. I'm trying to think. I'm sure I watched something while I was packing. Are you caught up on The Power or did you still only see the first two episodes? No, I still only saw the first two episodes. I watched one. What'd you think? I liked it. Okay. I actually liked it a lot. And I could tell it was like a lot of setup, but I liked the characters. So I was like, yeah, I would totally watch more of this. Oh, I'm so glad. And I, um, I yeah. like, I loved the. I mean, I know you said this, but I loved that the vibe was like, yeah, girls, girl power, <laughs> woman power, no, the literally girl power, because it's just teens. Literally, parenthesis girl and parenthesis power. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. I was worried it would feel too like pandering. I don't know why I'm like this. Mm. Maybe it's internalized misogyny. But sometimes when stuff's a little too, like, women mm-hmm. are just as yeah, capable. Yeah, like I'm sometimes a hater. And like I said, it may not be good. You just don't like heavy handedness. Yeah, it's just when it's too on the nose. So I was worried that this would be. So far, it's not, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I think I liked this. So um, sort of transitioning to Ted Lasso, but also to the power and also to um, Class of 07, which I meant to mention last time, the music. I've been really noticing some of the music in these uh, most recent series, and I'm very into a lot of the musical choices. Class of 07 was the first one that sort of sparked my, I don't know, I'm clearly always listening to the music. It's because it's TV music series. that we like and that like we listen to. Yeah. Because I had the same thought because they had girls. Is that what you're thinking of by Marina in they, Class of 07? Yeah, but so many more. Hold on. Let me see if I still have it up. I had – I noticed I in the power – my notes. The power in the yeah, first episode play – or they had Brutal playing. I think it was Brutal. Or some yes. other Olivia Rodrigo song. And I was like, yeah. oh, I love that. The one about social media, whatever that song is. I think it was it was either Brutal or Jealousy. It was, yeah, it was one of the like Je- girls yeah, suck <laughs> or like life sucks and I'm uh-huh. a teen girl, which is honestly all of her songs, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I yeah. actually, I thought about it too with, I know this isn't the one of the ones you mentioned, but in Yellow Jackets, which I know you also don't watch, but. I really want to though. This season, they got the music supervisor. They got a new music supervisor and it's the same woman who did the music for season four of Stranger Things. So the one who picked Running Up That Hill. So like major props to her. She made that song a phenomenon. And Mm -hmm. 
I've noticed that the music in the season of Yellow Jackets is so good. That's actually why I looked it up because I was like, who is picking these songs? These are so good. And it's all – it's mostly like 90s because that's the era. That's the that's the flashback yeah. era. And so it's like a lot of Tori Amos and it's Ooh. it's all so good. And the themes in each song go so well. If you like really listen to them, I've been very entranced. What a tribute to this person. I bet like I know. she's been good at her job for a long time, but finally people are – you're like, you're the Kate Bush I think she, re-emerger. Yeah, she's like literally won <laughs> awards for her music oh, okay. supervision. Well, so she's been recognized. <laughs> she has been, but yeah, Nora Felder. Shout out to Nora Felder. First time recognized by Double Take. Um, so I wrote down – so Class of 07, Nelly Furtado, Marina, the Dandy Warhols, the like we used to be friends song mm. that is oh, also yes. the theme song to uh, Veronica Mars. So good. Mm. And then also – to um, Ted Lasso, the most recent episode, the slow-mo walk out of the bus when they're headed toward the pitch. Um, let me see if I wrote down. What was playing? I don't remember. Oh, I wrote I wrote banger walk on music. It's cool like that. It's like not like. <laughs> <laughs> literally doesn't understand what but song it was. Like, Do you remember what song it was? so well. No. Uh, I see, the I one see. that goes cool like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know that song. Oh, I can't remember it. Let me look it up. I think they had a Bob Dylan song at the end of one of the episodes that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But that show's always mm-hmm. had good music. I think – I don't think it's the same person who did it for Shrinking. On Shrinking, it was actually one of the actresses. Um, Krista – whatever her – Krista Lawrence. Uh, she's married to Bill Lawrence. She plays the neighbor. I can't mm-hmm. think of anyone's name right now. She did oh, music yeah, yeah. for Shrinking. And it's all like exactly my type okay. of music. It's all like indie rock. <laughs> like – Indie pop rock, acoustic. It's so good. I don't think it's this. Yeah, she didn't do it for Ted Lasso, but I feel like it has a similar vibe. Like it's music that I would listen to. Um, are we? I'm. I feel like we can transition. I feel like I'm ready to go back into. Yeah, go into Ted Lasso. I have to start with an announcement. <clears throat> okay, with an admission, really. Uh, oh, okay. We <laughs> no, yeah, basically, uh, Matt and I watched Ted Lasso together, and it's one of the only shows we watch together. I normally queue up the TV, and this is important because I pay attention to what we've seen, what we haven't seen, what we're watching. Matt just puts on the episode that's like closest to the front, but everybody, like, I think he's shared our login with a bunch of people, so it, other people watch the shows before we do. We watched episode four of Ted Lasso before we watched episode three because he put on episode four and I did not notice it until halfway through. To be fair, episode three and four start very similarly. The first scenes are very similar. It's dudes waking I'm up. I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, we it was like a solid halfway through before I had any suspicions at all that something was amiss, which <laughs> it, like it's it's a comedy, so it's not like super plot driven although in the show like it kind of is like it definitely has a linear story they're, they're but it was only a couple yeah. of things where i was like something's a little weird i'm like a little confused but i wasn't thinking about it that hard and then i noticed it and we just finished out episode four and then went back to episode three but i was disturbed oh. i was my knee-jerk reaction was like oh no i'm so upset because i don't <laughs> like i don't know if it's like my ocd or what but i was like i can't believe we did this <laughs> i was not happy how was the end result? Did you feel like it really changed much? I I don't know. I feel like it's probably – There were a couple of things that I wished I'd seen unveil in the correct mm. order. Like the Zava stuff made no sense to me because episode four, they've won a bunch of matches that oh. I didn't see them win. And I was like, wait, why would they just skip that? That's like 
like kind plot. of a big thing. Like, why would we just suddenly yeah. be ahead in time? And the Doctor Jacob yeah. thing. I was like, who the heck is Doctor Jacob? Why wouldn't they mm. tell us again? Something that's in episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are pretty big. <laughs> that, that would be annoying to have missed. Yeah. And then, yeah. So then I went back to episode three and then I went back to episode four to like rewatch oh, okay. parts wow. that I needed to rewatch to make more sense. So yeah. So dedicated. I remember episode four better than episode three, but we can start with episode three. Or do you want to do general yeah. thoughts first? Uh, my general thoughts will probably be quick, but yeah. And then maybe let's go to episode three. Um, do chronological order. General thoughts. I I'm still enjoying it. Like I will still watch this series. Like I still like watching the series. The most recent episodes, I actually don't remember how long episode three was, but I don't love I just kind of wish they were broken up more. Um maybe the arcs wouldn't, maybe I'd be annoyed if they were still 30 minutes or like closer to that. Um, but the last episode was like uh, almost an hour and a half. Wait, is that right? No. Both, ep- like we both were 40, episodes were 45 to 50 an hour. minutes. Le- fourth episode field felt like an hour. I thought we were 40 minutes 50. in and we still had 20 minutes left. Oh, okay. Well, I watched it maybe, twice. Maybe that's true. So I- <laughs> right? You probably know. Um, but still, I know what you mean. They're long. I just – I, yeah, for whatever reason, I've gotten used to my bite-sized Ted Lasso pieces and I just sort of got a little bit like, okay, looking at the clock, like – is more going to happen? Um, and maybe I, I mean, I watched them sort of late at night, so that's probably on me, but that was one thought that I sort of wish that they had kept with the, the half hour ish chunks. Um, even if that meant having slightly more episodes, I don't know how I should probably figure out how that works in the TV world. Like, is that more expensive? Probably not. If it's the same amount of shooting days, I don't know. I guess you have to edit two different episodes, whatever. I also, like I said, still enjoying a little bit feel like I'm getting bounced back and forth between a lot of different uh, storylines that aren't quite carrying on in the next episode. For instance, Rebecca and Sam, we haven't gotten anything. We can talk more about that later, but like we haven't really gotten anything from Sam's side, but Rebecca keeps sort of like dropping hints that she might be still interested in Sam. And it happens in like the beginning of an episode and then nothing else happens with that. And then happens like the beginning of the next episode and really nothing else happens. Uh, same with, yeah, like Ted's relationship. It's sort of woven throughout, but you then – there's just like a kind of a lot of start and stop, which I, I don't – I'm not saying anything super negative about, but I've just been noticing. Those are my overall thoughts. I see. How about you? Yeah, my quicker overall thoughts are, are basically <laughs> the same. <Shut> up. <laughs> They're the same. It's just – it is too long. The episodes feel like they should be – more tightly edited. I didn't watch them mm-hmm. late at night and I still was like, whoa, this is long. <laughs> and not in a yeah. good way. I, I don't know. In these episodes, <laughs> I took on that tone of voice because like, I'm sad. I'm sad that I'm not feeling more <laughs> enthusiastic. And mm-hmm. I love Ted Lasso. The first two seasons gave me so much joy. I always really, really looked forward to putting on Ted Lasso. These episodes, I was like, okay. I guess I gotta watch this now. When not like not like it was torture to put it on, but just I w- I'm just not feeling joy from this season the way I did before, and I don't think I don't think it's that different of a show. I think it's just that 
you can only retread the same ground so many times. Like even the way they were like relegated and then they were promoted again. And now we're just, they're like still the underdog, but also like they're not. And like even that is a little too, I've seen this before. And then the way that they now have these really disparate plot lines, like you said, we've basically got three main stories happening. The Keeley side of things with the like marketing agency, mm-hmm. the Ted side of things with the uh, with the team and his relationship, and then Nate and Which West is two Ham. Separate things, yeah, true. And then, but then you've got this like subplot that is almost taking up as much time with Zava and Jamie and. Well, yeah. Like, you mean well, if you start yeah. to go to subplots, there's a ton. But I feel like, but that takes up like almost as much yeah, screen time. I know. You know? But it, yeah, so it's just the bouncing between these different plots that I feel like is is bloating the episodes from length yeah. and also interest. Not it's not bloating interest. It's like the interest is waning because it's bloated with plot lines. Yeah, I feel like I have a pretty good attention span. And I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of getting like bored by the, I want them to, I, I, it feels like the show has a short attention span and I'm sort of like, finish your thought just for a second. I I would like to hear how this goes to the end rather than moving to a different, I don't need, I don't need you to keep flicking between them. I'll, I'll keep watching. Um, I think I wish, and this isn't my overall thoughts anymore. This is just a random well, it's a random overall thought. I want the show to just be Keely and Rebecca in season three. Like we've had enough Ted. I've had enough hmm. Nate. I don't care about Nate. I would, I love Keely and Rebecca and I just want a show about them. My comment was going to be, I think they should have narrowed their focus. I think – I know that they're trying to wrap everything up because this is the purported last season. But even if it were just – like, yeah, I agree. A Rebecca and Keely show would be interesting. I also think – even though it's sort of treading similar ground, the Zava storyline, like bringing in Zava and then Jamie wanting to get better and like that training storyline, even if they just focused on that and that was the main thread, like I think that would also be great. Like just yeah. picking one of them. Um, no, that's fair. Or I don't know if I would like this per se or if people would like this, but even just like focusing on Nate, like having the <laughs> – like them being the main – West Ham being the main storyline. I just – yeah, there's a lack of focus. I did think that's where we were going when – I mean, season two, that was – in A lot of the season was setting up Nate and his, yeah. like, villain arc. And they've spent very little of this season even on that. But that's like you Although said. They, they've just spent, like, little in the grand scheme of things on any of these plots because there's yeah. so many. Anyway, we could dive into some of the plots, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Which one comes to mind first? I don't know if I'm in chronological order because I watched the episodes backwards, <laughs> but I sort of in a sandwich. The Zava plot, I understand why they brought him in because they had to do something different to like mm-hmm. make the game plot line, like the, the matches and the team plot line, something different than just, oh, they're trying really hard and they're succeeding or they're trying really hard and they got relegated. But I don't. I don't know. I don't like the Zava character doesn't make me laugh. He's like, I get that he's like, a, he's a caricature. I think he's a parody of an actual uh, football player, Zlatan. This is me not having any soccer knowledge. That sounds right. I I agree. I think the, yeah, the character doesn't make me laugh. Like you said, I find myself being like, Ugh, okay, like move on <laughs> during those scenes a little bit. And, but at the same time, 
while I identify with Jamie's point of view, because I feel like he's the only one on the team that has that, ugh, this guy kind of energy, um, it doesn't seem like he's not doing anything. Zava is not doing anything super like, I mean, okay. Saying that he's not doing anything egotistic is wrong. He has this whole corner of his thing. Like yeah. clearly he's got his own thing going on, but like in season one, Jamie. He doesn't have Jamie's attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, like the rest of the team is happy with the way that Zava is acting around them. And it's only Jamie. It doesn't seem to work with Jamie's new attitude like yes he's he still wants to be the best but it seems like he's supposed to have these new uh motivations of like as a better person but this motivation to just be better than zava doesn't seem based in anything it would be different if zava also outwardly seemed like a jerk like if they were in competition with each other and it wasn't just jamie being jealous right i don't really get it (laughs) like it doesn't yeah it doesn't work as well as it could Something's yeah, something's not working quite right. I find myself wishing the Zava character were more of a Jamie or Roy. Not to say that those characters are mm. similar to each other, but they're both. I mean, they're Pickling, they're both caricatures. Yeah. Like Jamie and Roy are not people you'd meet in real life, but they are in they are in very watchable ways. They're very interesting characters. They've always been funny. They've always been very larger than life. And I feel like the Zava character is again a caricature of this like. Uh, spiritual, egocentric, you know, rich kid, hot shot, whatever. But he's not entertaining the way Roy and Jamie are. And so maybe that's yeah. just my issue with it. Is it like he could go and I wouldn't miss him. And I feel like the show up to this point has done a pretty good job of making characters that are really likable or not likable, but watchable, very interesting mm-hmm. characters with something to them. And this one just feels sort of like lazy. But again, I think it's a parody of somebody. And if I knew that soccer player, maybe this it would might be funnier. Better. Yeah. I think I just don't yeah. have that context. I only disagree a little bit. I think they need to make him. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they, if they went the Roy and Jamie route where they also tried to make them both annoying and slightly likable, or even just like more watchable, I would also be okay if they made him even more terrible. Just something to make the response in Jamie make sense yeah. is really all I need. Well, that yeah, makes sense. But I the and Jamie and Roy training stuff is at least funny. That's one of I the jokes it. that is working. <laughs> I think the other joke, it's a, a very specific joke that worked for me in I think this episode, maybe it was episode four, was <laughs> when Jamie called uh Beard out for using ironic when he met hypocritical mm. and then Beard mm-hmm. had to be like, yeah, I guess he was right. I don't know that maybe that works for me because I am a dick about w- words. Also <laughs> using the correct word. <laughs> it really no, I related like to Beard in that moment. It just, yeah, that one made me laugh. There were a bunch of other jokes in these episodes that I actually like was near eye rolling about. Yeah, man. And I do think it's, that's gotten more prevalent this season i know you've pointed it out and i disagreed in the past but now i'm like noticing it more maybe just because you said it and there were a few sorry no but you know what i don't think it's just that you pointed it out there are weird moments in these episodes that i don't think they were doing before like ted is not sitting around watching tv and movies he's not clued in to the zeitgeist he's not a pop culture guy like we've spent enough episodes with him that we know that about him Mm -hmm. but he knows enough to name drop 
like the Mila Kunis movie versus the Natalie Portman movie from 2011. Like that stuck out to me as a writer in the writer's room being like, oh, this is a Mm. funny joke and did not feel real to Ted at all. It bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point that they're just not – they're not paying as close attention to the characters and what would work for the characters and instead just trying to like drop in as many – witticisms and jokes and almost like yeah ones that would like do well on twitter if that makes sense there were a couple of yeah jokes in these two episodes where i was like that was like a twitter joke that wasn't that (laughs) was literally just for i don't know some writer to like pat himself on the back doesn't feel like things Mm -hmm. these people would actually say and it annoyed me yeah i'm sorry i mean same throughout and yeah i know you already felt that way It's just just starting to bug me. Another plot line that I don't care for, and I don't know why they mm. added it, Collins. I'm all for, obviously, LGBTQ representation. Amazing. But like, Oh, in third episode. Sorry. I had to no, you're remember good. who Colin was for a second. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, he, so he gets, yeah, this first scene in the episode, like you said, he's waking up with his boyfriend. And mm-hmm. then I think the important part is supposed to be that Trent Krim sees him later uh, kissing his boyfriend or whatever. And then it's like, is he going to publish it or is he not? I don't, I don't know. It's 2023. Do we need a, like the guy is in the closet story. Couldn't we just have had Colin have a boyfriend and it not be a main plot. And like, we all move on with our lives. I get that it's different in sports though. Like it's still a thing in the sports world. I actually was this morning reading about this and Apparently, only one modern footballer in real life has come out Mm -hmm. as a member of the LGBTQ community until an active player last year was the first ever active player to do it. So what? There's like two soccer players? Right, which is just statistically not probable. Yeah. So I get that it's a plot in in the show. In in real life, it would be a plot, if you want to call it that, that someone would be Mm -hmm. in the closet if they're a pro, pro footballer. And yet, I, I don't know, isn't TV over the place where we get to pretend like the world isn't exactly how it is? Why couldn't he just have a boyfriend? I don't know. I'm. It annoys me. I didn't love that plot either, but not for the same reasons. I don't mind that it's uh, sort of like, um, will Trent expose him? I didn't mind that it was that that was his, that that was the choice for his story, that he and his boyfriend are clearly like outwardly friends. They do stuff together, but keep their romantic relationship on the wraps. And that's, um, yeah, I, I'm okay with that choice. What I don't like is the same thing that we've been saying is they introduced it for one episode and I have no idea when that's going to come back. Also the Trent writing a story thing, like every once in a while it comes up and I think it's just an excuse to have him there. I thought that too. He's just there. The fourth episode. Yeah. The I mean, if again, if they had chosen like that's the storyline is Trent is writing the story and he's seeing this team as an from an outside perspective that we really haven't gotten before. That would have been interesting, but they didn't choose it. They just like shoved it in with the rest of them. And it's just a little bit, it like pulls focus. That's my thought on that. On that. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still thinking about how they could have done it. I don't think the show needed a coming out plot, but also I'm never going to argue, you know, for less representation, and I mm. like the idea that we're going to get a scene later on that's like a feel good, like everybody loves Colin, 
even though he's gay and he thinks people- Maybe if that storyline ever comes well, back. Okay. <laughs> We're having two different problems. I know. But yeah. I think we'll probably get a scene that's like, everyone still loves you. And it's just like, it's 2023. I'm, I don't know. It's like, I like fight with myself about this. The same way I fight with myself about the like woman power. Is it pandering or not? Where it's like, mm. I love, I like the inclusion. I'm just a little sick of the only plot lines queer people getting are like, I came out and people still love I me. I'm like, why can't we get an interesting story about somebody's queer relationship? I don't know. It, yeah. I, it's, it's just how I feel. Yeah, I hear you. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was assuming that they would not make a big deal about it. Like you said, it's 2023 in the locker room. Like everyone would be like, oh, chill. Um, not even like, we still love you, but that it would be more of a, from the viewer's perspective, like the fans. Mm. I feel like that's where the whole, like, oh no, I don't want the world to know this is all of the macho-y um, football fans that idolize these players for their like, virility or I don't know. I, yeah. But that's, what, yeah. When I say like, I you know, love you, I meant like the team, the world like, the, it's still, well, it's the, the same gotcha, story. Gotcha. It's still like, yeah, people still love you. Even if you're queer. It's so hard to say mm-hmm. this in like any sort of tone that isn't like, yay. But I just, ugh, I, I don't know. I've said I, it like yeah, three times. It. So yeah, I'm sure I'm making myself clear. I'm sure people will disagree with me, but oh, well, let's talk about anyway. Nate. I'm jumping to episode four. Can we? I don't know if I have like Let's specific things in episode three. Nate um, ripping the believe sign and them mm-hmm. having footage of that and then them showing that to the team. I have a hard time believing the team would go into this like manic rage over watching that. <laughs> that like actually bothered me. That and also we don't ever see Nate putting the sign back up. <laughs> yeah, that bothered me too. <laughs> Why did he bother? Like – Otherwise, no one like no one may have noticed it. Also, I didn't think it was that unbelievable. I guess like it was a very clean rip. But when he like patted the sign, I was like, it is made of paper. He could have like, I, I at first I didn't no, realize I thought that what too. The but whole, then when they take it down and it like they can tell it was pre ripped. Like I think that yeah, was yeah. not sure. to overthink the ripping process, Jenny. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I really need to go deep into like what paper was it made of? Um, no, <laughs> I just thought like the team would be mad for sure. I'm sure they'd be mad at Nate, but would they all go into this pure rage? I don't think so. I guess my thought was there's a superstition inherent in sports. And so the fact that someone would come and tamper with what their sort of t- totem is, I guess I shouldn't say totem. What I, their. I don't know. Symbol. Um, yeah, the symbol of their togetherness and willingness to to pull through in a lot of the hard <laughs> sports times they've had, whatever. Yeah, that I guess would be upsetting. I didn't think that much about it. But I, I yeah, looking back on it, I also, I found that really hard to watch. I found it hard to watch because I didn't believe that after the first red card, Ted wouldn't pull them all in and give them another speech and be like, hey, pull yourselves together. Yeah, like he just like, watched them all fight and did nothing. No one did understand. anything. I don't. Is that a soccer thing that I'm unaware of that you just like can't call it? I guess I don't know that either. I'm I'm imagining <laughs> like, American football. I, who knows? Maybe. And even if he couldn't do something, it just it felt so silly to me that that they would react like that. And there are a lot of silly things in the show, but mostly the so- the football playing is mm-hmm. I don't know realistic enough. I'm not. A, 
again, obviously not a football watcher, but I, I feel like this was so ridiculous. I had the commenter on the TV screen in the bar of the Richmond bar said something like Richmond has lost the plot when they were all going off the thing. And I wrote that down one because I was like, so is Ted Lasso a little bit, but also I like, I like the understatedness of they've lost the plot when they're truly going out of their minds. Yeah. Oh, it the announcer at the end of the game said that match should have come with the trigger warning. And I thought that was really weird. That line like bothered me. That. Yeah. I only like I hit it on the second watch. <laughs> I, I just was like, what is, first of all, what does that mean? Talking about what? Yeah. Th- that Violence, plus the lost the plot. I was like, this announcer is trying to be like Gen Z. Then it's like a six year old man. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that's the point. It wasn't ni- neither here nor there. But mm. yeah, the Nate plot line is just, I think. Oh, wait. We need. Yes. We need to talk about Nate having some new romance with the the hostess at that restaurant. Well, that was that's not real, right? Oh, I think they're going to follow it. I, I don't trust romance? them not to follow well, I don't that. Even, I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, come on. Yeah. the She's sort of like dismissive of him until the guy comes and then they both equally find the manager of the store annoying. And she starts looking at him. And then when he leaves, she has this like little smirk on her face. They're oh my absolutely God, I read that return to totally that. differently. Oh, I read that think? as like she detests Nate and like wants him to leave. <laughs> I think at the beginning that is true. But then for whatever, like during the interaction with the manager where Nate is sort of yeah. like, oh, I don't know what to do with you, that they are on the same page. Interesting. I yeah. definitely I, did not think that. <laughs> You're probably right, though, because oh. thinking back, it's like, what would what would be the point of just having her? Why did they have that yeah. long season? And it was long. I'm over it Nate. So I really like, listen, I liked season two. I liked the the villain arc. But every time they show him in this season, I'm like, let's, okay, I, I do think now that they're moving towards a redemption arc. I didn't before, but I mm. do think so now. I'm like, all right, let's get over with because this is, this is annoying to me. I'm okay with little scenes like him not shaking Ted's hand and then them having like a little mm-hmm. clip like that would be enough I don't need like him at the bar with Mannion with Rupert and like getting a actress thrown at him and then him being awkward like we get it Nate's awkward he's insecure he needs validation that's mm-hmm. been shoved down our throats like let's move on yeah I there's a lot of time spent on things that don't need time spent and then and then moving past things that I wish they would stay longer on. I have another gripe. I do. Nope. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. yeah. Go for it. Okay. My gripe. Just real quick. The, no, it's not yeah. quick. Your gripe first. <laughs> it's not quick, though. Do you want to oh, say yours? Does it okay. connect? It's the last thing. Um, mine are both Nate related, but neither neither are really gripes, I guess. One, it's just two small things. One, I think the commitment to every announcer and person that is not Nate saying Wonder Kid instead of like Wunderkind or whatever, Wonderkind, which is – he's right. Nate keeps trying to correct people. Um, but the fact that like no one else says that and everyone just keeps saying Wonder Kid is understated and a joke that I do like. I like that everyone keeps saying that. I thought that was cute. Um, it's annoying, but it's it's kind of funny. Um, the next thing was the cartoonish calendar Nate had of like the Richmond West Ham match that was circled like 40 times on the big calendar in his house. It's just a thing that no one would have. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Like <laughs> That did not stick out to it me. Was a, I just thought it was like a funny, like we're in a TV show and we have to know that the, the big day is coming up. Like here's a calendar with. The- That's true. 
It didn't stick out to me, but you're right. Mine was about Keely and Roy. I probably said this in the oh, last oh. episode, but I thought it was a Nate Gray. No, I yeah, I just ha- I moved on because I thought about it, and then I, like a child, had to say it as Let soon it as it was in my brain. I still don't get the Keely and Roy breakup. Like I don't I don't oh. buy into it at all. I don't buy that that would have happened. I don't buy that they would still be broken up even if they did for some reason break up. They like clearly, very, very clearly still want to be together. And except that now Keely has these scenes where she's sort of like looking Jamie. at Jamie I know. in a new life. That's bothering she's me. Annoying. I she's she's not annoying. Take it back. I love her. I love her so much. No, I think the writing is annoying for writing it this way. And I'm frustrated every time there's a Keely and Roy scene because it just doesn't make sense to me that they broke up. And the fact that they're building on top of that, like Keely's actions are built on top of that, Roy's actions are built on top of that, it feels hollow. Like all of that feels false. Was there anything like, was there anything Keely Roy related in season, I mean, in episode four? I really don't remember. I think it was episode three that I noticed it. Yeah, okay. So no, I don't think – episode four was a lot of Keely's company stuff. Right. Oh, I wanted to talk about that too. Sorry, my ADHD is flaring up. Uh, the Jack Danvers <laughs> There's a lot thing? of plots to Yeah, talk there's about. just too much plot. I don't understand the Jack Danvers thing at all. And I don't know if it was poor directing or if we're really not supposed to know what's going on. But what was the tension? Was it sexual tension? Was it – what, like what was going on? I also I'm not sure. My thought was they would get along really well, and that would push Keely and her company. Like Jack would see that Keely is really good at her job and that kind of thing. And also they would just like be friends. It would be sort of another addition to the Rebecca Keely, sometimes sassy, you know, group. But yeah, and then there were some sort of like somewhat romantic slash sexual tension moments there where that I was like, so wait, weird. I don't get it. I uh, Is Keely just rife with with romantic options now? Who are we supposed to be rooting for? I don't understand. <laughs> and But honestly, I don't think it was supposed to play as romantic tension. I just couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be. And every time Keely would talk to her, she would sort of just like make a weird face instead of speaking. And I couldn't read the face. And I'm, Again, so I don't know if that was bad acting or bad directing or if we really aren't supposed to know. But I think the fact that I couldn't read it at all and it was just like weird energy, it had to be had to be wrong. Like that can't be what they wanted me to get from that. Yeah. It was such weird energy that I was like, something's <laughs> there's just something's really weird about this. I the fact that I just watched this episode and I almost forgot about that plot line because there are 40 other ones is making me mad all over again. That's the one that like stuck out to me. I I don't understand why she was so she's supposed to be like the primary investor in Keely's company, but the company is Keely. Like that when you start an agency like that, like you're investing in the person. Really, she hasn't met her and doesn't know her. But maybe that's part of the mystery. But I'm just confused. Maybe it's uh, yeah. I I sort of explained that away by she had gotten some of her the uh, confidence in her company through Richmond. So the like, so Jack probably knew Rebecca. It seemed like they were like, so maybe they, it, it's possible to me that they had never met and that someone was like, Hey, this is worthwhile. Or they had seen the fruits of Keely's labors or whatever, but you're right. It seems weird that they have not met. I totally agree. I don't get that. Also small note, 
but mm. you would never just hand someone a tampon underneath a stall like without that. them like, asking. That's an outside of the stall activity. That's oh, not a, it's not an underneath the stall activity. Disagree. Unless you ask for yes. it. Okay. Sorry, this is such a small note, but I was just like, this is so weirdly unrealistic that she would just be like, can you help me? And then she slides over a tampon. Yeah. Please. The toilet paper? Totally. Absolutely. That would yeah, be my that's, number that's one the, can guess. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> small, <laughs> smally irked. <laughs> small irk by that. Smally. Uh, what else? There's a, there's like a psychic scene. That was probably episode what? three. Now I'm jumping oh, back. Okay. With, <laughs> with Rebecca. You don't remember oh, that she goes yeah, to the mom? Too much. Psychic. I didn't care about it. And I didn't want it. It was quite a long scene. and It was the pushing of the Rebecca and Sam storyline. It is, yeah. And I was like, ooh, I thought we were just going to pretend like the Rebecca-Sam thing never happens, <laughs> but here we are. It's back. That might- I don't know. It didn't didn't super bother me, but it definitely went on for too long. My biggest problem with the Rebecca-Sam storyline at this point is that it's all one-sided. I think I said this earlier. We just don't know how Sam feels, and from my perspective as a viewer, he looks happy. And I so I feel bad like wanting any of wanting them to get back together thinking that like okay sam has moved on it's just rebecca that's sort of pining and i don't know it's weird i just looked at my notes and i saw the other joke that made me feel like i was in i was on twitter and not in a ted last episode where they're talking about julie andrews and they're all talking about like julie andrews best performances again ted's not a pop culture guy pop culture hasn't made like a lot of appearances in the show so far and yet there were like two in these two episodes that really stuck out to me. It was the, yeah, the Mila Kunis, Natalie Portman one and the Julie Andrews one, especially saying that the favorite Princess Diaries. one was the Princess Diaries. And everyone being like, like, ooh, deep cut. Not a deep cut. Yeah. That's one of her Literally more recent one movies. Of her main, main movies. <laughs> Not even main, just like I, most recent of all of them. <laughs> like, but if you were going to like ask someone on the street to name like five, mm-hmm. it would be in there that, yeah. Anyway, again, just felt very like pandering towards, I don't know, like millennial women. Yeah. It, that's the, between the 2011 movies and the Princess Diaries thing, I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be like, oh my gosh, and then like tweet about it. But I just was like rolling my eyes. Agreed. Yeah, I didn't love it. Things I did like. I liked. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> I liked the um, sassy and Ted conversation at the beginning of episode four. I thought it was realistic. Still had some like funny little quips back and forth of Ted trying to still be charming while Sassy told him you're a mess. Um, and I thought it was needed. Like people have sort of been walking on eggshells around Ted a little bit, and um, I just liked that. I liked that scene. I liked the acting they did together, and I liked what the outcome was. Um, and then the other thing that I liked also in the beginning of episode four, we've already talked about the Jamie and Roy training situation, but I laughed out loud for the first time in a long time while watching Ted Lasso during that cold open of him showing up at 4am and then going back and forth doing the like, but it's (laughs) 4am. And then the turnaround, like I, it was still like a funny, the turnaround walk away and he's not wearing any pants. Like that got me. I thought that was funny. (laughs) And later when he says, I get, what do you say? I get, Cold on the bottom, <laughs> hot up top. <laughs> just like yeah. whatever, however he said it was upstairs and downstairs. I think that's how yep. he said it. <laughs> Get cold upstairs. Yeah, it made me <laughs> laugh. I yeah. No, that was good. That was good. There, there were funny moments. I, I didn't write down the funny moments. That one was good, and then the other one I mentioned earlier. I mostly wrote down the ones that bothered me, but it's still, it's still charming. It's still got its funny moments. It is just extending its stay. I. Dare I say, hope this is the last season. 
I mean, I'm I'm sure it is. I can't. Well, they haven't said for sure. And I think what's happening is they're leaving it open to see how this season does uh, in terms of like reception. I think if it ends and everyone's still like, we want more. I think that's why they're not saying that it's the end. Just in case. And that's my theory for why. Like, yeah, just in case they decide to write more, which I respect. But it's starting to get a little bothersome that Ted would still be in England when his <laughs> child is in America. And I understood it for season one. But the more they play out this, like, he and his ex-wife or separated wife, I don't remember mm-hmm. if their divorce is final, like, that whole thing and Ted being, like, upset and Ted, like, not really having a new love interest, just, like, th- three years on, I don't think he'd still be across the ocean from his child. It just feels wrong. Yeah, probably not. Who knows? In addition to it just being, like, I don't know. I think we've had enough of exactly what this show is supposed to be. We can all rewatch it. I don't think we need another season. I my only my only comment to that is that because like I really wish that they had made different choices with this season. And so if there is a, another season that does like everything right, I might be okay with that. But I I think the possibility of that is not high. The probability of that is not high that they would just like make a new season that writes every wrong that I the, everything that I'm annoyed about in this season, <laughs> they've yeah, done a lot I still of. I feel like that would be going on too long. Oh, another thing that is bothering yeah. me: the Shandy plot line. She's just bad. First of all, horrible, and yeah. not in a funny way. Like I'm not getting humor from that, and it's just annoying. I and another character that's just like too. Why are there so many characters? Yeah, when they first when she first showed up, I thought it was going to be another Keely where. Oh, she's she seems maybe unprofessional, but she's actually really good. She's got good ideas. She's great at her job. And that happened once, maybe twice. And now she's just kind of a loose cannon all over the place. Yeah. It's a it's, bummer. They're just trying to flesh out her Keely having like that third of the pie, I think, of the story at this point. I don't know think she needs like I love Keely and she could be in the show more, but I think with the existing characters. I don't know. The fact that she's totally separated out into like her own agency and her own storylines now, I just don't really like what they're doing with her storylines. Yeah, I mean, she we'll already, see what happens with the Jack Danvers thing, but in general, I'm just like frustrated by that. She already had her CFO, like that dynamic, trying to work with this team that maybe also like maybe doesn't really respect her or understand the way that she works. I thought that was going to be the intrigue of her. Yeah. And then they were like, just kidding. We're going to talk about that anymore. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. One, maybe we'll like the next two episodes more. Perhaps. One final thing that I'll say, the last note that I had on my phone was um, a joke that felt very much like a joke that Ellie would have in her book <laughs> that she would read with Joel. A pun. It was kind of a pun. Yeah. Um, it was a pun built into a – it was a elaborate pun. The Codependence Anonymous, Jane Makes Me Go With Her, that Beard said <sighs> – I missed that. Oh, but yeah. That's really funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking to Ted and it like slips under the, it goes really quickly. He was, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, when I was at Codependence Anonymous and Ted like cocks an eyebrow and he goes, Jay makes me go with her and then keeps going. And I was like, that was really funny. <laughs> Beard gets the best lines. Sometimes. In, until they give him the like weird Princess Diaries stuff. Yeah. I don't even think he's the one who said that. I think they had Trent, Trent. Crim say the Princess Diaries thing. I'm like, I don't I don't even just, know you, Trent. Please. <laughs> <sighs> and the Diamond Dog stuff is where grading on me just a little bit. But it's still they still have cute moments, but I think they're 
overplaying their hand on that one. They're veering a little too far into cutesy wootsy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. High hope, not I high hopes. Yeah. I was going to say hopes for the for the next two episodes. Just fingers crossed that we like it better. I feel like I'm being a hater, and I I don't like being a hater, but I'm just I still like it. I still like Ted Lasso. Just to put that on the record, this is why I'm, I joined the call by being like, by the way, still like watching it, but here are a few issues yeah. that I have. But I um. But then we just talked about the issues for an hour. I'm sneakily glad that you're joining my point of view, though. And by sneakily, I mean I'm outright saying it, and I'm. I know. I knew you would <laughs> happy. be. I'm. I feel like I'm disappointing. The Ted Lasso fans, the people who don't feel the way we feel, because I was their their bastion. Please tell us, though, if you are a Ted Lasso fan and you think not, they've done nothing wrong this season, like let us know what you are liking because I'm true. interested. Are there, are there people that really think like every bit of this is still working just as well as it used to be? Let us know. Send us an email. It's in the show notes. I think with that, we could probably sign off, wrap things up. So catch us next time when we talk about other shows we've been watching recently. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 